Brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us for another worship experience. And I want to start off by saying Happy New Year. Yes, we are currently in 2021 and we are so glad to close the door on 2020. But brothers and sisters, even though we're glad to close the door on 2020, isn't it good to be able to reflect on the fact that God kept us in the midst of all that we experienced in what we saw in 2020? Brothers and sisters, in 2021, we need to hold true to our mantra and hold true to our statement of faith that we say here at New Morning Light Baptist Church that we are thankful for a God that has kept us in the past, that has kept us currently, and that has will keep us in the future. Brothers and sisters at New Morning Light Baptist Church, we say we are thankful for what God has done. We are thankful for what God is doing, and we are thankful for what God will do. The reason why we say that is because no matter what we go through in an old year, we know that God is faithful. And now that we are in a new year, we know that God will still be faithful and we can expect God to be faithful in years to come. That's why we say what we say. That's why we believe what we believe. And I just thank you all so much for being faithful to this ministry, for being faithful for coming here to this channel. It's almost been a year that we've been coming to this virtual platform. But in spite of that, you all have still been faithful and diligent in reading your word and letting God know, I'm not going to let a devil in hell steal my joy here, steal my worship here, steal my studying of what your last will and testament says in the Bible here on earth. I'm going to stay diligent and faithful to this word in 2020 and in 2021 and in years to come. And brothers and sisters, I just thank you so much for that. Nonetheless, I just want to give a special thanks to everybody that joined us for our live virtual New Year's Eve experience that happened this past Thursday. Brothers and sisters, it is a tremendous and great experience to be able to still be in the house of the Lord and still have some form of worship. I want to thank the media team. I want to thank everybody in the background that made it and helped it come to pass. Brothers and sisters, it was not easy, especially when you think about the fact we were all here worshiping last year in 2020. And we had our expectations and our dreams for what we thought that year would be like. And then... We had no idea what we would be faced with within the coming months. But now, in 2021, we can still celebrate God through this virtual platform and show God how faithful we are. And I thank you for being faithful and diligent to that. Nonetheless, we have a word from the Lord in this new year. In this new year, the word from God comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Yes, I'm still coming out of the book of Matthew and it still is slightly gleaning off of the nativity scene and the birth of, birth of Jesus Christ. But there's still a lot that we can take from that passage of scripture and there's still a lot that we could utilize in this new year. Come with me to the text. Watch this. The Bible says at verse 19, it says, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up. Somebody say get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who are trying to seek the child's life are now dead. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of this word. Brothers and sisters, this is a unique passage of scripture. and This is a unique time we're in because we are at the cusp and at the precipice, at the beginning point of a new year. 
And all of you all that can remember when we were at the beginning point of last year, we had our expectations. We had our hopes and dreams. However, God had a different plan and God had a different agenda. And brothers and sisters, as it came to this, the point of me preparing this sermon, and as I began to wonder, what will I preach about? What will I, what, what can we come up with as far as a theme for this year? I began to think about all the hopes and dreams and things that we had in last year and start getting discouraged for this year because I was thinking, man, it's so hard to plan for a new year because you just don't know what could happen. But brothers and sisters, the Lord reminded me of something. He reminded me that in Proverbs chapter 20, it said the Lord establishes our footsteps. And the, and the Proverbs writer writes, how then can a person know their own way? And brothers and sisters, that's encouraging because that lets us know we don't have to know what's going to take place. We don't have to know what's going on because God establishes our very footsteps. And brothers and sisters, with that in mind, I remembered our theme from last year. It was renovation, restoration. And God revealed to me that although we had gone through the renovation, amen, we had a lot of renovation that happened in 2020. Now it's time for the restoration. Somebody say amen on the other side of the screen. Somebody say, Lord, I need to be restored. Lord, I need so much in my life to be given back to me. Lord, I need my mindset restored. I need my spirit restored. Lord, I've just left a place of discomfort and I'm trying to get to a place of comfort. Lord, we've been in seasons of, of, of chaos. Can we get to a season of normalcy? Somebody say restoration. And brothers and sisters, our theme for 2021 is restoration. Oh yes, we've been renovated, but now it's time to be restored. If you can remember in 2020, we defined renovation and restoration by these two things. We said renovation is the process of removing things that do not add value in order to replace them with something new to enhance what was already there. Let me say that again, just in case you're taking notes. I said renovation, the process of removing something or removing things that do not add value in order to replace them with something new to enhance what was already there. That's renovation. Here we go. Let's get restoration. Restoration is the process of enhancing a person, an object or idea. Restoration is simply the process of enhancing. Brothers and sisters, what's ironic about both of these definitions is that both of these definitions are interchangeable. Some people might even call them synonymous. What's interesting is when you look up the word renovation, oftentimes the word restoration is in the definition. However, although their functions are similar, their focus is where the difference comes in. Brothers and sisters, the focus of renovation versus restoration is what creates the differentiation. And what we see here is that renovation focuses on removing to add value. Pay attention now, this is good. While restoration focuses on adding to enhance. Oh, y'all might wanna write that down because I'm going somewhere with that. I said renovation focuses on removing to add value. 
But restoration focuses on enhancing, right? Adding to enhance something, a situation, an idea, or a person. Brothers and sisters, we can see how in 2020, God showed us the value of removing something to understand his power. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about how so many of the things that we found security in, God transformed and removed so that we wouldn't have them in 2020. You all remember the fact that we weren't able to go to our jobs the same way, go to the same restaurants, go to the club, some of us, go to the park, go to the gym, go to all of these things that we once used to go to. We weren't able to socialize the way we once used to. Even our criminal and social justice, racial, um, even our criminal justice system was compromised. So many things that we put security in were compromised and removed from the traditional way we once had them. And I'm asserting that was to show God's power. Brothers and sisters, sometimes God will renovate some things in our lives. Sometimes God will remove some things in our lives just to add value to our relationship with him. Come on, somebody. I said sometimes God will remove some things in our lives, remove some security in our lives, remove some things we thought we couldn't live without in our lives just so that we can rely on him. Brothers and sisters, that reminds me of how God is our divine parent. And anybody knows that a good parent knows when to give and when to take away. I said God is like our divine parent. And any good parent knows when to give and when to take away. When I was a child, I used to play with this toy called the Game Boy. And Game Boy was very popular in the early 90s and uh, the late 90s, I mean, in the, in the 2000s. Everybody had a Game Boy. They had Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, and then they had Game Boy Color, and, and everybody in my age group had a Game Boy. This was before PS5 and PS3, 4, and all the rest of them came out. And brothers and sisters, for one Christmas, I received a Game Boy. And I was ecstatic. I wanted to show all my friends. I wanted to take it to school. But the first thing my mother told me when I got this Game Boy was not to take it to school, only to play with it at home. Now, I was a little mischievous back then. Didn't always follow directions. However, I took it to school anyway. Took it to school, used to play with it all the time. Used to get in trouble for having it. One day, I prepared to take it to school the way I always do. I thought I was being sneaky because, you know, mom isn't with me while I'm at school. She's not with me on the bus, and all I got to do is put it in my backpack, get on the bus, go to school. No one will be the wiser. However, I had the type of mom that used to like to go through my things before I went to school. You know, I came from a household. We, we didn't have no secrets. Or, uh, you can't be sneaking stuff in or sneaking stuff out. Yeah, my mom went through my stuff, and I, and I didn't know it at the time. And brothers and sisters, I did what I always do, prepared to take my Game Boy to school. And I went to school and thought I had the Game Boy with me. And by the end of the day, because I would get involved with so many things and I would be so distracted, I didn't know where the Game Boy was. I couldn't remember if I had put it in my bag. I couldn't remember if I took it out to play with it and lost it at school. I couldn't remember if I let somebody else play with it and didn't get it back. And brothers and sisters, I didn't have my Game Boy when I went home. And what my mother did 
And she asked me where my Game Boy was because she noticed I wasn't playing with it. And this went on for about a year's time. Well, my mother would ask me where my Game Boy was and I wouldn't know where it was and I would get nervous and what I would do was go somewhere in the house and hide for about two or three hours and hope she would forget. And brothers and sisters, it was about maybe around the next Christmas that the Game Boy showed up in my mother's hand. And my mother showed me that she had the Game Boy the entire time, but she knew and had seen it in my backpack and she took it from me because she had told me not to take it to school. And because I didn't listen to her, she allowed me to experience the fear of wondering what had happened to it, where it had gone, and what I was going to do. And she would watch me squirm every time she asked me where the Game Boy was, and she knew she had it in her possession. But she did that to show me the power she had as a parent. That yes, I can give, but also I can take away. And when I take away, I'm taking away so you can understand when I tell you to do something, I need you to do it. And brothers and sisters, God sometimes takes some things away to establish his power. Sometimes he takes some things away so that we can truly understand his grace. Sometimes we, he takes some things away because we start putting more faith in the things than in him. And brothers and sisters, I learned that lesson very quickly with that Game Boy that I needed to listen to what my mother said and that I needed to cherish and value the things that she gave me. And very quickly, I understood the power of giving and the power of taking away, but also the power of restoring what was taken away. And brothers and sisters, I never took that Game Boy to school again. I was so happy to get it back. It, 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 it revealed to me that God restores us so that we, I'm sorry, God doesn't restore us, watch this, so that we can go back to business as usual. But God restores us as evidence of his grace and to develop maturity and faith. Brothers and sisters, my mother didn't give me back the Game Boy to then do the very same thing that caused her to take it. But she gave it back to me to show her power and her kindness. And also she gave it back to me, which helped me understand the level of maturity I needed to have in keeping it. And brothers and sisters, we can see how God does the same thing in our lives by giving and by taking away. First Peter chapter five, verse 10 says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Brothers and sisters, in 2020, we got renovated. But in 2021, we can expect God to restore us. Psalms 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And whether you're on the end of being renovated or on the end of being restored, you need to constantly pray that prayer from that psalm and say, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Brothers and sisters, our lesson for today, we find Joseph and his family faced with the same thing of being renovated and restored. 
You see, God teaches them and us a lesson through adding value to their faith by removing them from the comfort of their homeland to the discomfort of a foreign land back to the comfort of their homeland. Let me say that one more time. I said God teaches them the value of, of renovation and restoration of giving and taking away through removing them from the comfort of their homeland to the discomfort of a foreign land and bringing them back to the comfort of their homeland. You see, God teaches them and us the subtle message of restoration through giving and taking away. You see, God is telling them to return to a place they ran from because the pandemic is over. They had their personal pandemic in their lives. And brothers and sisters, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, we, we, we have to go through verse or chapter 2 again. And we know in chapter 2 in Matthew, in chapter 13, in verse 13, it says, Now after they had left, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And brothers and sisters, Joseph is in a predicament with his family where he's finally gotten to a place of normalcy, finally gotten to a place of comfort where he has his wife. He has his child. He's trying to establish his household. But an angel tells him to leave because King Herod is trying to kill his son. And not just any son. We know this son to be Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And brothers and sisters, sometimes God instructs us to leave just as soon as we thought we were getting comfortable. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to leave a place of comfort for a place of discomfort because what this shows us here in the text is that comfortability can kill us. God is saying, don't have, you don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to run anymore. You don't have to fear anymore because the situation that was afflicting your life is dead. Pastor, what are you talking about? Brothers and sisters, he told Joseph to take Mary and to take Jesus and to leave Israel and go to Egypt. And then while they were in Egypt, we get to the verse that I read in the beginning in, in verse 19, where he tells them to get up and return back to Israel. And he tells them they can return back to Israel because now King Herod is dead. And brothers and sisters, what this helps us understand is that God takes care of the very things that we're running from. God helps us get through the very things that we're afraid of. God helps us move from a place of comfort to discomfort back to comfort again. You see, when God restores you, the demons that once chased you, tried to kill you, the ones you ran from and were afraid of will have no power over you because that part of your life is dead. And brothers and sisters, in verse 19, the Lord tells Joseph that the people that were chasing you, the people that were trying to kill you are now dead. So you can now return to your homeland. And brothers and sisters, this is encouraging because the Lord moves them from a place of discomfort. 
and finally gets them back to a place of comfort. You see, brothers and sisters, you know you've been transformed when you visit the old places and see the old people. And they no longer influence your life the same way. You know you've truly been restored when the old things that used to know your name and call it, when the old things that used to make you feel good don't make you feel good anymore because you've been through the wilderness of discomfort. And now that the Lord has restored you from the wilderness of discomfort, the old things in the old way can no longer suffice anymore. Brothers and sisters, that's why it tells us in the New Testament that in Christ we are a new creation and the old is washed away. And brothers and sisters, the old has to truly be washed away for you to move forward in your future. That means a new mindset. That means a new step, a new pep in our step going in a different direction. And brothers and sisters, what I need you to see is that God has called Joseph, his wife Mary, and Jesus out of hiding in Egypt and restored them back to their homeland in Israel. You see, when God restores us to some sense of normalcy, God isn't restoring us so we can go back to business as usual. God restores us as evidence of his grace and to develop maturity in our faith. Let me say that one more time. I said, when God restores us to some sense of normalcy, God isn't restoring us so we can go back to business as usual. God is restoring us as evidence of his grace and to develop maturity in our faith. So therefore, for us to truly move forward in 2021, we have to let go of some of that hurt, let go of some of that pain. Let go of some of what we've experienced that we might still be holding on to from 2020. Brothers and sisters, it's not easy in this life. However, you can get through it through relying on God and not relying on past experiences. Like I said in the introduction, the same God that brought you through 2020 is the same God that will lead you through 2021. So that means no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, no matter even if it gets good, God was faithful then and God will be faithful now. Going back to our text in verse 20, the angel of the Lord tells Joseph. He says, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. And what that is telling us to do is get up and leave behind the spirit of fear. Get up and leave behind the spirit of hiding. Get up and leave behind the spirit of bondage that has held us back from a genuine relationship with God so that we can move forward and truly be restored. Brothers and sisters, what's keeping you from truly being in the stage of restoration and moving out of the stage of just being renovated is you are bound by fear. You are bound by hiding and you are bound by the things that have oppressed you in your past. And the only way that you can truly move forward is if you let those things go and stay in the past so that you can move forward and be restored in your future. Verse 23 says, they then went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled 
what was said through the prophet that he would be called a Nazarene. And brothers and sisters, the irony of this is that God calls us out of a situation, works on us in the wilderness of our troubles, just to send us back to display his grace. Mm. I know that's a lot. I know that can be frustrating. I said God sometimes calls us out of a situation, works on us in the wilderness of our troubles just to send us back to display his grace. He doesn't send us back to go back to what we've overcome and to start doing the same things we once were doing so that he can resave us again. No, he sends us back to those people that are still in the situation just to show his power and his grace to hopefully inspire them to turn their lives around. And brothers and sisters, when we think about the bondage and oppression that we've go, gone through, when we think about all the hardships that we've overcome, when we think about how we've made it and become successful after we've been restored from not having, after we've been restored for not feeling adequate, after we've been restored from all the things that should have kept us back, but by God's grace, we were able to be moved forward. It's our job. It's our responsibility to look back and see who we can help to come up beside us. Brothers and sisters, I'm reminded when I first started at Candler School of Theology at Emory, I had this thing that, that scholars called imposter syndrome. And what that simply means is I constantly felt like an imposter while I was at that school, like, like I wasn't qualified to be there even though I got accepted and got a scholarship. I kept kept thinking about how, or, or I, I was so intimidated by the fact that my classmates and professors had gone to schools such as Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, and, and the professors had come from Oxford, and I was thinking I, I, I didn't have that educational background. I just came from a little black school, and I came from a little black high school, and we, we didn't necessarily have all the, 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 the fancy things and, and, and everything else that everyone else has had and experienced that, that I'm here with competing with trying to have good grades. And, 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 and brothers and sisters, I told one of my friends from high school how I felt, how I was having this imposter type of syndrome and experience. And she said, Charles, I know where you came from. Remember, I came from Stone Mountain High School as well. She said, I know where you came from because I can remember how so many people in our class didn't even come to school because they didn't feel like they had to come to school. I, I remember where you came from because in our graduation, graduating class to this day, the majority of them, or I shouldn't say the majority of them, but some of them either have been to jail or currently in jail or are dead at this moment. She said, I know where you came from. And I know what you've experienced. And instead of being weighed down and feeling like an imposter and feeling defeated by the fact that you don't have what those other people have, you should be encouraged by the fact that you're where those people are with the least amount of resources that they had. Brothers and sisters, I had to use the encouragement of a friend to help me get through. She said, those people have had way more than you've had, have way more experiences and better education than you have, but isn't it a testament to God's grace that he still puts you with them? 
That it doesn't matter where you came from, but it matters how great God's grace is. And now that you've been through that wilderness of an uncomfortable experience, it's your job to go back and bring people up with you. And brothers and sisters, she inspired me and she pointed out to me that it's just not good enough for me to be restored with all the intellect and degrees that I now have. But I have to go back and inspire another little black boy. Go back and inspire another little black girl. Go back and say, hey, I, been, I was able to make it out. So you're able to make it out too. And brothers and sisters, the testament in our text today shows us how God takes us from discomfort and restores us to a place of comfort, not just so we can feel good and pat ourselves on the back, but so that we can inspire the people around us, so that people around us can see his grace, so that the people around us can see his glory and be inspired to trust him for themselves. You see, brothers and sisters, there's a lesson in discomfort that you don't receive in comfort. You see, the lesson that you receive in discomfort is you learn who to trust. That's God. You learn how far you can push yourself. You learn what you will and won't tolerate. You learn your strengths and weaknesses. And brothers and sisters, some lessons are only taught in discomfort. So when you are restored to normalcy, you can utilize what you've learned even when things, things seem good. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you in 2021, once we are restored to some sense of normalcy, don't forget the lesson you learned during the pandemic. And when you see people around you that are discouraged, when people around you that are bringing that same spirit from 2020 into 2021, you need to reach back and encourage them, help them and their spirit to get restored by what you've used to be restored, which is the grace of God, by what you've used to be restored, which is trusting in God's promises, by what you've used to be restored by a faith that is steadfast and unmovable. Brothers and sisters, when things get good, and although we're in a new year, don't forget that God kept you in your family. Don't forget that God provided for you in the midst of the pandemic. Don't forget that God made a way out of nowhere. Don't forget that the same God during the pandemic, that the same God during the wilderness, that the same God during all your troubles and hardship is the same God in the promised land, the same God in your success, and the same God that is blessing you in this present moment. Brothers and sisters, when it comes to renovation and restoration, what we must see and what we must keep in mind is that God takes us through a renovation period where he takes some things away. But he also restores us so that we can learn from what was taken away and still apply it once we've been restored. Brothers and sisters, the true restoration comes from taking what you've learned from being broken and still applying it once you've been restored. Let me say that again. I said true restoration comes from taking what you've learned from being broken and still using it and applying it once you've been restored. You see, in the Bible, people's character and faith 
weren't restored in times of comfort, but their character and faith was developed in times of oppression. You see, brothers and sisters, God took Moses from the palace in Egypt and sent him back or sent him through the wilderness and then sent him back to the Israelites to free them from oppression. Brothers and sisters, God took Joseph from his father and brothers that sold him into slavery and then brought him back as, fair, as second in command to Pharaoh. Brothers and sisters, God took Gideon from the field thrashing wheat in the rind press and then sent him back to his people as a general in command, commanding 300 soldiers. Brothers and sisters, God took David from the palace with King Saul and had him hiding in a cave and then sent him back as king of Israel. Brothers and sisters, God took Esther from her people and put her in the palace with the king and sent her back to her people as queen. Brothers and sisters, God took Mary from being a virgin and being ashamed of her pregnancy to being a proud mother of a savior that saved the world. Brothers and sisters, we see that in God moving us from a place of comfort to discomfort and being restored back to comfort, God is teaching us lessons in the uncomfortable moments so that when we get back to our place of comfort, there's something that we brought along with us. And brothers and sisters, when it comes to Mary, when it comes to Joseph, Joseph and little baby Jesus, we can see how God took them from the comfort of being in Israel moved them to an uncomfortable place and being in Egypt and then brought them back to Israel, which is a place of comfort. But the point that we need to see, the testament, which is the good news gospel in Matthew, is the fact that they ran away with Jesus to a place of discomfort and came back with Jesus as a testament of his grace. And brothers and sisters, I just want to let somebody know in 2021, that if you ever reach a hard place and you go run off with Jesus, just like Mary and Joseph, in your place of discomfort, you'll always be restored to a place of comfort because you've seen the grace of God's glory. You've seen the grace of God's favor. You've seen how God took care of you in the midst and the moments of uncomfortability. And brothers and sisters, that's where your true faith is developed. That's where your true trust is developed. That's where you'll truly be able to see the hand of God so that when you're restored, you don't take your restoration for granted. You're restored to a place where you truly can feel and know for yourself that you can trust our Lord and Savior. Brothers and sisters, at this time, I just want to ask you one question for you to meditate on through the week and in our new year. Are you still being renovated? Or have you been restored? In 2021, have you let the King Herods of your life try to destroy you? And are you at a point where you can leave those things that tried to destroy you, leave those things from 2020 that tried to hold you back and move forward and truly be restored in newness of life through a deeper and genuine relationship with God? So brothers and sisters, if there's anybody on the other side of the screen that at this point in time and in this new year wants to give their life to Christ, all you have to do is first confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And second, 
Believe it in your heart. Brothers and sisters, Mary and Joseph, they fled with Jesus to a foreign land. And they came back with Jesus back to their homeland. But it's what they learned in the foreign land while they ran away with Jesus that kept them through all that they would experience in comfort and back in their homeland in the journey of watching Jesus grow up. And brothers and sisters, you can run away with Jesus in the midst of your sorrow. You can run away with Jesus in the midst of your hurt and pain so that you can be truly restored by God's grace and God's mercy. In this new year, make the commitment to run away with Jesus so you can be restored by his grace and mercy. In this new year, make the commitment to give your life to Christ. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for joining us, and I hope this message blesses you. Remember, we must always be thankful for what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Pray that the grace of God keeps you and that the mercy of God continues to show you how faithful God can be in your life. Amen.